the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Cat. Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad, and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward, and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Here are your hosts, Joe and James. Ready? Sustain Nutrition Podcast. Chewing the Fat, episode... Eight? Yeah. Is it? Two fat coaches. <laughs> eight, eight, eight. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> One fat coach, and uh, guess who it is. That is you. Uh, mm. Excellent uh, transition there, Joe, because today we are going to talk all about where we struggle with our diets. With our own issues. I reckon I could talk for at least an hour here without pausing. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> Just for change, I, I like to mix it up every now and then. Hey, buddy. Fanon's going crazy again. He loves a podcast. Um, yes, so I think, to kick it all off, people have some kind... You've not eaten your chocolate toffee apple. No, because it's got an apple inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, I bought some chocolate toffee apples. This is setting up the podcast well. I'm, I'm melting the chocolate <laughs> off it. <laughs> yeah, so people have this idea, and it's kind of something that happens, or it's happened along our careers, I think, where people go, oh, it's easy for you, yada, 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 but you're a PT, like we're some kind of different breed of people. And it's just not true, you know, everyone kind of has their struggles, everyone has their own kind of issues or body issues or ideas and yeah, so we, you know, we all kind of struggle, just depends where and when. I think Instagram's quite a horrific proponent of that, isn't it? Because it just shows people at their best or, you know, I guess you've got the thing of absolutely, sh- the thing I see, absolutely shredded lads eating their cheat meal once a week. Actually, just to put in on you for a change. Actually, it's a good one. It's a book I was reading the weekend, uh, and he was saying that, like Facebook and Instagram are the CNN of envy. So it's just like constant, like images that you want to be envious of, like constant, like images, Make like you windows, feel bad about yeah, kind of windows into like people's amazing lives and bodies, and you know the great parents have great careers, they have great workouts, and you know there's yeah. never anything negative on there, or very rarely. I remember seeing a very good one. In fact, when we were looking for kind of a a third party to work with and this woman was saying about how she was always covered in vomit and never had time to do her makeup and there was a photo of her in you know a gorgeous dress looking absolutely flawless and I just thought that you can't even match what you're talking about to an image because you're so conscious of, of how you look on social media an hashtag no filter an interesting one isn't it but horses for courses yeah I think a lot of people think that we eat really well because we're so often talking about it that you'd assume that we do for want of a better phrase, have our shit together all the time. But it's just not the case, is it? People no. people always talk about how well they're doing. People have said before to me on Sustain, everyone else is doing so well, and I'm not. There is 5,400 people in our private group. You think there's 5,399 of them doing well. God, I wish. And I think often there's lots of people in there who aren't doing well, and they're quite vocal about it. But I think, you know, once you have a belief people kind of look for as much evidence as possible to back it up. So if mm. they think that they're the only person struggling, they're going to look at all the positive posts, all the people who've you know made a good choice, you know, kind of people that me and Joe shout out. 
and they're not going to look at those other people that are you know in the same boat struggling so yeah sometimes you just try and kind of back up your own beliefs very interesting what you just said there actually if anyone um is interested in this sort of stuff mark manson i was reading uh, one of his blogs about that saying that whatever your belief is you will look for evidence to find that oh. and in order to change beliefs you need to look at the evidence that disproves that it's impossible to you know if you believe you are lazy it's really impossible to think that you're not so you need to look for the examples you know the specifics that prove that point because they're easier to find you can't just change your belief because these things aren't that was what i was saying to you about the anesthetic stuff you yeah. can't see someone being lazy you know you could deny being attractive or whatever but it's it's something internal isn't it so our struggles then god i could go for ages here trying to think on, on the, the most pertinent thing i think again just quickly back to social media is i've done two extremely strict diets over the past two and a half years one was nine weeks and it was 17 weeks the nine week one was the best shape i've ever been in and then the 17 week one trumped that and obviously that's the kind of stuff that you're going to put on social media interestingly i haven't with the second one I do have some photos from it. I've not put them online, probably because of the stuff that I've learned and my views on social media these days. But it just doesn't work. I think that, you know, I see people all the time wanting to do these super strict diets. And my experience of it is I'm a pretty, well, a very dedicated person. When I did the 17 weeks, I had one blip in the middle and one at the end, and that was it. You know, there was 16 weeks of solid, flawless eating in that. And you think, you know, they say it's 66 days to make a nutritional habit be ingrained but you could get up at 4am for 66 days and quite easily not keep doing that for the rest yeah, of your life easily have a lion. so I think that's the, the one of the main things that I've learned is that that is just not going to be the path for me and I think that to look at other well known systems that promote that that's why I'm so I don't mind people doing it but I think looking at it as the long term solution is the issue because if I can't do it you know as a young guy who runs my own schedule I have none of the obstacles that most people have and I can't do it, it doesn't work for me, I'm super dedicated. So how is it gonna work for most people? It's yeah. just not, I don't think. I think for me, you know, I've got, I think four sets of kind of transformations on my phone saved right now where I've done, you know, different, no, I don't wanna say diet, not different diets, but kind of different- Efforts. Yeah, different efforts to get, you know, much leaner. And they've all had different degrees of success but then the fact that I've done four in a year, or probably just over a year, probably about a year and a half, you know, tells me that I'm not happy to maintain that kind of approach, you know, where I'm having to kind of cut my calories, increase my training, and stuff like that. It just doesn't fit with my life. I was speaking to one of her clients today, and she was saying about my fitness pal, because she wants to start tracking her calories. Cool. She says she's struggling. She went, oh, it's struggling to get her head around. She says it's probably second nature for you. It's like, well, it's not, because I don't, enjoy counting calories and no. it's not something I, it doesn't fit with my life well I want to go out for meals you know with my family with my partner you know I don't want to have to weigh and track every single item of food that I eat and I think the problem you then see that people have I've done bits and bats of tracking is that because it's hard it's, you then start to generalise very quickly yeah. so you then say I had roughly 300 grams of this or I had roughly that or you know I had half a pack of crisps most people, if you look at kind of the average client that we deal with, they're probably eating around 1,200 to 2,000 calories. Yeah. An educated guess. Most people towards the bottom, the bottom half of that. So suddenly 100 calories either way of 1,300, which is a tiny amount of food. You know, that would be the difference between 
200 grams and 300 grams of potato at your dinner, for example, that's just shy of 100 calories. If you're not weighing what you're doing, you are just kind of guessing. So the more variety you have in your food, and the reason people do this approach is because it gives you variety. The more variety you have, the more chance you have of getting it wrong. So when I mentioned the strict diets I did before, I ate the same things every day because that meant that at the end of the week, if I hadn't lost weight, I could say, right, I'm going to take out the carbs from this meal and that would guarantee that my weekly calorie intake would drop because I'd go from five carb meals to four or four to three or three to two. But if you're having one day with zero carbs but super high fats, one day with 50-50, one day with super high carbs, mid-level fats. So if your food is varying so much, then it's really hard for you to track and adjust those calories if you're not recording properly. And I think that's where, if it fits your, macro, if it fits your macros, falls down for most people because they want the variety but they can't measure the food to that degree. And it just becomes confusing and, and difficult isn't it I think we've rambled off on a bit of a sideways one there because we're going to go into why certain things don't work I think it'd be a good point to say so we're saying what we're going for the things that we've struggled with yeah kind of you know where, where we kind of fall down I, I know I fall down because I get to a level of complacency or I've kind of a, a loose goal like I want to get a bit leaner and I'll get to a certain level where you know probably similar to how we talk about clients is I get to a level where I'm like ah, I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty happy with how I'm looking now, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll just take my foot off the gas and then, you know, I'll start having a few little bits of dark chocolate and this and that and be a bit loosey-goosey on a weekend or, you know, a couple of days slips in and then I just find out that I'm back to square one again and I have to do it all again. It's so hard, isn't it? Because, you know, when we have people who, who leave the plan and they say, um, I'm not feeling at the moment, I'll be back when I'm motivated... And the time you're always the most motivated is when you look the worst. Yeah. Is when you get to that point of discomfort and you go, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to do something about this now. And that's when you then start again, isn't it? Which, is, which big, is what we both have, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but I think the, you know, probably the, the thing that might differentiate us is we've got a kind of lo- a lower tolerance maybe for that. Yeah, I guess. And I guess you, you get you, a little you bit look of something and you're just like, you'll call me fat. Or I'll call you fat. <laughs> I never call you fat, actually. You'll call me fat. I'll take the piss out of me or something. I'm like, all right, I need to die. I don't think I ever. I don't think I've ever looked at you and thought you're fat. I just say it. Off. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice of you. I just but... say it offhand. <laughs> just, <laughs> just standard. <laughs> Veins in my abs. Oh, fatty! <laughs> Look at all that jiggle. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of of, an insight of the, diff- the different times that when I do struggle, and I think that. There's always that time, like you say, and you, you make a bit of a half-assed effort at it and when you're not serious and the little blips kind of keep going and you make excuses. And then I, I think I'm worse for going into free-fall than you, definitely. Yeah. You, you never do, do you? Not a complete free-fall. I just free-fall. Cost. Yeah, whereas I'll just go, I'll have a point. It's normally, if I've been too strict, well, I'll just go, I've had enough of this. I'm not going to do it anymore, which is obviously... You'd be much really better mature. coming off that la- the longer diet. Yeah, I was better... Mm, I don't know. I think what I we've just been talking about the way that we coached just before we started recording this and I think the last five weeks is the most consistent I've been eating the same way for the last five weeks and that's probably the longest I've ever done consistently that's not been those two diets and the reasons being there's been a few reasons one I'm eating a lot of food so I found it easier to stick to and two I've given myself so I have five meals a day and I have four meals that are the same every day and then I have one flexible meal which is based around wedges and a meat and some veg and it sounds ridiculous but just having 
the you thought make it of, sound so appetizing. The thought of having chips in the evening, and then I can have that with, you know, I've had sausages, steak, gammon, whatever it may be, whatever veg I fancy, is then enough to kind of keep me on track. And it's just, I think that well, the third point to that is just I've prepped through the teeth recently. Yeah. And that's probably something that I've never, I've done before when I've dieted seriously, but not when I've been coasting or, you know, kind of at a, a happier level. So I'm still having a few treats here and there, but having your food ready, oh my God, it just makes all the world a difference. And when it's nice food, you can tolerate eating it. So one of the questions I ask a lot of my clients recently is, you know, name a sustained friendly meal that you enjoy. Or just name a meal and then we'll try and tweak it. Yeah. So if it's burger and chips, you can have a Warburton's Thin with yeah. a burger and a side salad. Brioche bun or something. And some wedges. Something's yeah. not mega calorie dense. Yeah, one bread bun is not going to throw off your progress. And I think that it's trying to find the foods that you like eating. Because when people say, I'm sick of eating eggs after three days, well, how come you're able to eat cereal for the past 20 years? Listen, Joe, let's go back to the subjects of the podcast. <laughs> Talk about where we're struggling. Stop lecturing. Mm. I think, yeah. Wherever I, I, should, I think I'm the best person one, ever at convincing myself that I deserve something. That's the little internal battle I have on myself. Like, well, you've done really well today. You've done, oh, no, you're going to train today. Oh, you trained today, so you can have that donut. You can have those... Rollers that are filled with peanut butter at the cinema <laughs> last night. <laughs> a full pack. It said ideal for sharing. It didn't say you have to share. <laughs> yeah, I've got a real bad sweet tooth, and like I said, I'm real good at kind of convincing myself. And then you know, prime example: went to the cinema last night, watched Beetlejuice, classic film. And got, you the only one in there. Yeah, some other old <laughs> no people. No one else. Some other, some other old people. It's a great film. And that's why I didn't phone you to see if you wanted to go. Um, yeah, and I got this bag which I thought were Rollos. I don't know. I Are you suggesting it, that's the healthy I'm option? I'm going to say it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> but they're actually full of peanut butter. Stay away from them. They're from Aldi. They're dangerous. Um, yeah, and I kind of convinced myself, like, ah, it's all right. This will be fine. You know what I mean? I've worked out today. <laughs> and it's just... Or something. Yeah, it's not the best use of, you know, six or 700 calories. I'm such a northerner with some stuff like that, that if I go to a sweet shop, or a sweet shop, as if they even exist, if I <laughs> go to a supermarket and it's 80p for a chocolate bar or a quid for twice as much, there's no way I'm going to spend 80p on half the chocolate. So I'll then get, like you say, 100 grams of dairy milk for a quid. And I think maybe the last month was the first time I didn't do it in a wanna. Which is just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? Like, why would you get a chocolate bar that's twice the size of a normal one and think that that was the right amount? I think it's just... I I didn't even enjoy it. I could never say, and it's one thing I'll always say to people, is like, did you enjoy the second half as much as the first half? And I don't think there's ever been a time I had. There's been so much mindless eating or habitual actions where I've just gone, you know, s- snapping off rows of chocolate, eating it. And as I'm eating that first row snapping the next one getting ready like it's some kind of like <laughs> speed eating competition you don't want it to melt <laughs> in, my, in my sweaty hands <laughs> glammy <laughs> that's one thing that I've I struggled with before I don't I've mentioned it I don't know if I mentioned it in, in public on Sustain but I used to be really bad with like emotional eating like if I had yeah. a bad day I'd be like right even, even at the start of Sustain we used to kind of you had that joke where you'd go to Morrison's and then buy 50p donuts well, I'd eat them in the car. Yeah, but they'd be like, well, I'd be robbing myself if I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's silly, isn't it? You just get into kind of, and that's where I used to be really bad. It would be, yeah, definitely emotional eating and just, just being in a bad mood and eating and 
completely being unaware it was making no difference. You know, I'm someone who kind of I've always pride not prided myself on my appearance, but it's been impo- important to me. You can't tell. And I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't link those two things that I was trying to eat to make me happier, but it was massively taking away in other areas. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not one for emotional eating. But I think my biggest kind of cross to bear is that kind of convincing myself that ah, I'm alright with this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, mm. you deserve it. Oh, you'd be fine with this. This won't affect you. Yada, yada, yada. So I think, I'm, yeah, that's my kind of biggest battle is actually, you know, you've set out to do this. And that's why kind of like clear, kind of process-based or event-based goals work work best for me because they really put that, that time pressure on. Whereas if not, it's just a bit like, oh, yeah, it's all right. You know, it's that whole kind of, concept of like the work year if anyone works in sales you've got those sales targets to hit and everyone works hardest towards the end of the sales if you don't have that kind of deadline in place you just never kind of step up your game it just gets pushed further and further back yeah so much it depends on who you are doesn't it i think i'm like that times 10 aren't i like when we diet i'll diet yeah yeah all guns blazing but then when i fall off I'm falling off. You know? <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I am. I am done with this. Have you read? I am tub of biscotti out. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I once bought a tub of biscotti and ate it all in one go. Once. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a highlight. But it's just mindless eating, isn't it? Have you listened to Ultimate Ownership, that Jocko Willing book? Yeah, Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. Did you find that changed the way that? So I'm going to question James that a bit. Did you find that? You know, you're saying about self-justifying things. Did that change the way that you did that? No, not really. No. So the way that ultimate ownership works is everything's extreme. your fault. Extreme ownership, excuse me. So that it, I, it really changed the way that if I was going to make an excuse for something, that I just go, no, this is this is your fault. Like, mm. You are completely in control here. And I think it's great. I'd recommend it to quite a few people when they're struggling with things like that because it just puts the onus on you. And when you go to make... I speak to one of our clients today and he was saying, I just... I make bullshit excuses and then I don't talk to you because I don't. I know that you'll call me out on it and I know that writing it down, I'll realise it. Mm. So he's almost putting that off and I think that extreme ownership, uh, right, is yeah. really good for that because it gives you loads of different situations and you see it gave me quite a lot of clarity on it. Yeah, it's that, kind of, that fear of looking bad in it. No one, wants to, no one wants to look bad. So like Joe said, with our system, people have a bad day and they don't want to tell you about it or they'll just... You can straight up lie about it. You can just make it up. You just can try and hide from it. You know, you have clients who just stop sending through. Um, it's always such a shame, that isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, we're digressing again. <laughs> I think I'm trying to think of a. I had a good rounded, rounded point for that. Yeah. People, you know, we work with a lot of people, and a lot of people think after seven days, I've got this and I'm good to go. I've been eating, I've been focusing on my eating since I was 15 when I first started going to the gym. So that's 13 years ago. And I'm still finding different strategies that work at different times. This thing that I said before about having four of the same meal, then something different on an evening, that's something that I started five weeks ago and is working quite well now. I've probably tried 20 or 30 different approaches of, you know, have a little bit of chocolate every day, have chocolate yeah. every fancy, have something on a weekend, do four weeks really good, have a break. You know, have one meal off or then have a week off. You know, there's so many different combinations that I've tried, and I've never found something that has worked long term because I haven't probably been in the right space to do that. And that's 13 years, you know, all of which have been training, lots of it working as a personal trainer, three years running a nutrition coaching business. It just takes such a long time. Like, you have to be in it for the long haul. You're not going to change. 
you know, it took me 15 years to get to that point before I started going to a gym. You're not going to change that overnight. And there's going to be different solutions that come up at different times. So when I do want to get really, really lean, then I'm going to have to be stricter. But I have also learned a lot from that, that it doesn't work for me long term. So I want to be in better shape year round. Then you have to find the right way to do that. And I haven't found that yet. So it's just trying to be patient with it and learning from what you do wrong. Yeah, I think you're know, keeping constant goals and constantly moving because if not, you just kind of drift around and that's what I think I find. You yeah, know, we both do that. Yeah, we, we both do because we'll get, like say, you know, we had a photo shoot in May, Joe got absolutely, you know, like in ridiculous shape. I got in decent shape. Um, but obviously I didn't sacrifice as much as Joe or do it for as long. I only did, I think, six weeks and you'd done... I did 17. By then? Mm. 17 out of 18 because I did. I blew out in the middle for a week. Right. Um... And then you find, you know, you, then you just kind of drift along and then you get to the point where you be like, you know, like oh, I was I've like two months ago, it's like, oh no, I've done it again. <laughs> and that's fine, isn't it? It's, it's, it depends how far back you go. Yeah, depends how much you, I know, by, you know, by kind of like saying, oh, I've done it again, I'll have gained, you know, kind of like three or four kilos. Mm. You know, nothing crazy and I'll still kept training, so it, I won't have completely stopped everything. I'll just got a lot more lax on my diet and put a little bit around the ring so it depends on around the ring excuse <laughs> me <laughs> you're all piggy eyes um, anyway <laughs> again another horrific insight into our office humour um, yeah it's just kind of that's where we struggle I think it's just kind of about losing focus all the time so again now it's like right so now I'm going through a big kind of strength cycle trying to get stronger and then we've got a deadlifting competition but that's like 50 weeks away <laughs> you know so it's not like oh alright I'm training for that I'm training for that like by deadlifting once or twice a week yeah. but it's not going to be like massive improvements in my physique so I need to kind of set another kind of you know short term goal be that for Christmas because if not then kind of December's usually quite hellish for me with mince pies <laughs> now I've discovered blue cheese and mince pies <laughs> Uh, yeah, another another mistake we make. I just thought of a good one that I'm. I don't know if you do this as badly as me. That when I get close to doing um, something stricter, is I put my foot down on being unstrict. So if you look at my when I did my progress photos, kind of the first of January last year. If anyone's seen Shrek, the bit where Princess Fiona blows up a snake, that's kind of what I look like. I, look like just been I think you're gonna say Princess Fiona. <laughs> I do look a bit like I look a bit like Shrek has been filled with air because I just went so far the other way for a few weeks with that thing of you're about to be really good you're about to be yeah. really good it's and that, then that it took, me, took me eight weeks to get into you know back to where I was yeah. it was so, I'd gone so far it's that idea of um, I'm going to start saving money next month so I'm going to spend as much as possible this month it makes zero sense which is something that I've noticed I say on every single video mm. so I guess it's instead of trying to go from you know 100 to 0 100 to 0 being all or nothing trying to kind of sit more around the middle line of rather than what getting really fat and then getting really lean of just trying to hold steady around certain points one thing I've done to actually help me do this it's arrived in a couple of days I've brought a blood glucose monitor I'll tell you that Yeah. so I'm gonna what I'm going to do is because at the moment I'm trying to eat a little bit more to put on some strength is by checking my blood glucose in the morning I can see when my body basically can't take on any more carbs so once you get to this point you know that you can't keep adding food in because you're just going to be adding fat and you know when you need to pull back so it'd be an interesting one to see, a if I can keep eating consistently until then because it's useless without that, and then b how well it works. So, 
we'll keep people informed on that. Might be semi interesting. Yeah, and I'm doing my uh, my three D scans. I was going to go today, but then just mm. went on complete autopilot on the way to the office. And so it's like, oh. can you just turn up and do it? Can you? Uh, yeah, once a month. Right. So I'm going to go do that tomorrow. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. my bit of accountability because that does all my obviously my weight, but then it does all my measurements, and then it gives me a horrific grayscale image of me that makes it look like I'm carved out of soap. <laughs> like, well, Greasy soap. like a potter. <laughs> that's horrible. But it's that thing where I can see my progress and if I've gone backwards, then that's you know a reason for me to put my foot back on the gas uh, for making kind of steady progress, which I feel I am. You should know. You should be tracking your stuff. Well, my weight's going up. I'm on a deload week at the moment, so no training for me this week. Well, I did do a session yesterday. Oh, Very little training this week, sorry. Um... Yeah, I feel like I'm making changes. But again, if I don't track it, then I won't know. So that's kind of my method of tracking is it's, you know, tracking my weight and my measurements. Mm. And kind of it's got the visual representation as well with a horrific mashed potato 3D model. <laughs> <laughs> What's that you made of? Butter? <laughs> no, it's ghee. Butter and mash. It's ghee, ghee, because it's even higher fat content. Mash man. Cool. Yeah, if so. you liked that, uh, us talking about where we've struggled or you want to hear more about kind of what we've learned from our practices and yeah I was going to say it's quite a nice one isn't it before you finish off the goddamn podcast and goodbye I think it's one of those things where we have kind of evolved and even though we still do kind of go off and on again it's almost like we've learned from being off more if that makes sense learning what not to do yeah almost. not going crazy like my food quality even if I'm not eating great is still pretty good you know I'm still getting protein at each meal I'm still getting a good sauce carbs although I might have some bad ones as well you know I've still drinking more water, I'm still exercising. So it kind of just holds you from going too far astray, which I think, you know, if we were like the lean machines, if we did all our videos of our tops off, Oof. it'd be horrendous. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that two seals fighting? <laughs> <laughs> two albino seals. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, so that's, hopefully that's been of any interest. I'd be impressed if anyone's got to send this one as well. Let us know. Yeah. Um, oh. Someone's just broken it through the window. <laughs> so that's it, guys. Yeah, subscribe, um, leave a review on iTunes, that'd be great. And if you have anything you want us to talk about, then just leave it in the comments somewhere, wherever you're watching this. Listen to this, don't watch it, listen to it. Peace.